Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome in to live number two of Wednesday, January 24th. Today, or tonight, is a special one. Of course, Don Callahan and I had Patrick Settis on earlier today on the Noon Dish. Shout out to the folks that are in here that were there. The true hardcore. But tonight, we've got the inside carolina round table and of course we're always sponsored by johnny t-shirt buck sanders i'm gonna come to you first now I remember a saying, realistic fans think, was it 2001 or 2002? It's been a while. It's been a while. So here we are, North Carolina's 2024 schedule released. I want to go around the room a little bit, and then we'll get into it in more detail. But just overall thoughts when you saw it. I don't see much, much to argue with this time around. I, I don't think there is. I, I'm I don't believe uh, Mac Brown can put the ACC on blast over this schedule. Um, the uh, you know if, if you were going to quibble about something, you know back to back road games against Virginia and Florida State, but uh, you know that would be just a minor quibble compared to some of the schedules we've seen in the past. Um, so yeah, and the finish certainly not as brutal as the last two years. Uh, so uh, maybe the pain will be uh, less acute if it's spread out over the course of the season. Indeed. Of course, that finishes with North Carolina State again late November 30th. Taylor, since you were here first and joined me early, your overall thoughts on what you see here from the ACC for North Carolina? Yeah, outside of the game against Minnesota, against another Power 5 team, I think this is – a pretty favorable schedule in terms of starting. And I think the Carolina fan has to mentally prepare themselves to be five and O going into the second month of the season. And then uh, it's kind of Jesus take the wheel. Greg, 
you're up next. Um, you know, if you're wanting a spectacular home schedule, this ain't it. Uh, but North Carolina's schedule certainly looks fairly favorable. Don't forget to click the mute button because I don't want to call somebody out already. <laughs> I'm always prepared, Tommy. <laughs> I should know better. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's one of those one of those funny dynamics of fans complain sometimes when the schedule's too hard uh, because you may not win a lot of games. But if you want to win a lot of games, you need to schedule a cream puff schedule, right? Especially non-conference. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if I'd go quite so far as to call this a cream puff schedule with a road trip to Minnesota and JMU. But Charlotte and NC Central certainly are, are uh, games that everybody's going to already circle as wins. Um, and then you, we'll get into it, of course. But when you start looking at Pitt, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, NC State, there's a couple games there uh, that should be challenging. But that's about it. So it is a very favorable schedule. I think it's, it starts out exactly the way you want it. You know, when you've got some new pieces, especially on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you've got a new defensive coordinator in place. You need a month of non-conference games to kind of work into things and work out some kinks. And North Carolina is going to have that ability. And I think, you know, as, as Taylor mentioned, you kind of set the table to be able to enter into ACC play on a favorable note. And then you kind of see where things take you from there. Jason, get in. Uh, at Minnesota, that's, that's one of those – you jump into the eight-foot part of the pool before you wade up to the shallow end over the next couple of weeks. But your thoughts here overall? I mean, I, I my first thought when I saw this was, "Wow, that really sets up nicely." I mean, if I were if I were coaching this team, the one thing that I would want different is I would want that Minnesota game as my maybe second or third game instead of the first game. But otherwise, I mean, I look at this schedule and. You know, there's no Clemson, which we already knew, but just in terms of how this all kind of squares out, you know, Duke being the first conference game, Duke with a new new coach and having lost a large amount of, you know, fifth year and super senior type players. Uh, Pitt, who was a bit of a train wreck last year, but they're going to be physical initially. Georgia Tech, I mean, if you're looking at the schedule, those are three, three games. You're going to have to play them somewhere, and that's a pretty good place to play them. Then you get that open date before a rivalry game. Florida State's going to be, you know, a tough one regardless of where where they're going to be played on the schedule next year. And then you know, Wake and BC before before uh, before State gives you, and also having an open date that first uh, or that second week of November with how the team has with how this team has really faded off during the last half of the season, last couple of years, having an open date in mid, uh, mid-October mid and then another open date in the beginning of November. And, of course, this is one of those weird seasons where there's three open dates for everybody. Uh, that helps a lot, I think, because that lets you really get geared up for that final three games of Wake, BC, and, and, and NC State, so you're not kind of limping into that last month. So I think, I think this is a pretty darn good schedule, and, and it's one that if I were – Mac Brown, I'd be I'd be pretty pleased with how this all shook up, uh, shook together, and um, you know I'd be circling that Minnesota game to get a good start. But after that, you feel pretty good about this. I agree with that. I mean, you got to get that Minnesota game. If you don't, then I wonder what Kenan Stadium looks like over the next couple of weeks, next three weeks there. 
Um, but Buck, I'm gonna call the schedule up here and sort of slide us off to the side. When you're looking at this schedule, let's start at, let's let's kind of go good, bad, and ugly, and let's go what we don't like first. Um, is there anything when you look at this that you say, God, uh, you know, not complaining, but I really don't like that. But when you look at it first blush. Well, you know, I think I already said that, uh, you know, going to Virginia, that's like kryptonite for Mac Brown to start with. And, uh, you know, so they got to go to uh, Virginia and then they follow up the next week and having to go to Florida State. It was going to be a, uh, a tall order for North Carolina to compete with uh, Florida State this year anyway. But still, if you were going to complain about anything, I think that would be pretty be pretty much be it. Minnesota, I mean, uh, they they were not very good last year, and they're not particularly uh, thought of to be great this year in the Big Ten. I think their early kind of uh, conclusions is that they're at the very bottom tier of the of the Big Ten next year. So um, if if North Carolina cannot beat uh, Minnesota at Minnesota, um, it's going to be a bad sign. And so you're kind of sticking your neck out on the chopping block to start with. Um, the, the game that, that is, I think, being underestimated by everybody is JMU. Um, they had the second-best offense and the second-best defense in the Sun Belt. Uh, Well-coached team, they're going to be a, a tough out even in Keenan on September 21st. So those are just some of my uh, initial impressions. Buck, the chat is, is saying uh, that they need you louder. Go into those settings and jack it way up. Um, I'm doing my best, buddy, doing my best. They, uh, people trying to be funny, and George Miller, that was a Bahamas flag, my friend. Um, Jason, you had a quick note about Florida State before I go to Vip and Barnes about the, the bad part of this. Yeah, in terms of this being, you know, kind of a tough thing in terms of going from, you know, the at Virginia to at Florida State. The thing you also got to remember is it's not just about who or when you play whom. It's also about who they play before they play you. And Florida State's going to be coming off a road trip to Miami in that game. So, you know, if you want to play Florida State this year, Given Florida State's schedule, if I would, if there was one spot on their schedule that I would really want to play them, it's the week after they play Miami, which yeah. happens to be when North Carolina drew them. So and it's, and it's the week before they play Notre Dame. Yeah, so I mean, Florida State's toughest stretch of the season is Duke, Miami, North Carolina, Notre Dame, and. You know, North Carolina is in that trap game spot. If there's a place, if there's a time to catch that Florida State team next year in Tallahassee, and it's going to be in Tallahassee, so it's not going to be easy. But if there's a time to catch that Florida State team, it's after a road trip to Miami and right before a road trip to Notre Dame, which I think, you know, those may be the, the two best teams on their schedule other than, uh, let's see, yeah, I think that's the two best teams on their schedule looking at it. Maybe Clemson. So, you know, they go Clemson, Open, Duke, Miami, North Carolina, Notre Dame. So, you know, two of their three toughest games happen to be sandwiched around or, you know, sandwiched around North Carolina. That's that's a good place to play them. Be interesting to hear Mike Norvell's comments about the schedule. Um, be looking for those when the breakdown comes. Greg and then Taylor. 
What's the bad part of the schedule for North Carolina? Because I'm not seeing a lot, really. Uh, there are two things that I would note. Number one is that North Carolina opens the season with, with seven straight games before that bye, first bye. Um, that, that's a lot. Um, that's kind of nitpicking a little bit. I, I think NC State maybe has eight straight. Louisville, uh, Louisville has seven straight. That's the most in the ACC states, eight. So seven's a lot without a break, especially when you're talking about schedules that have two open dates in them. And then the other thing is, is that you know, North Carolina, of course, is only playing on Saturdays, Saturdays this year. Two opponents uh, are not the week before. Wake plays Cal on a Friday night the week before they play Carolina. And then NC State, which is, is the big one, they play a Thursday night game against Georgia Tech. Uh, before the season finale in Keenan Stadium. So State will get two extra days of rest, whereas Carolina, of course, will have to be up in B.C. in, in cold weather the Saturday before the NC State game. Yeah, it's an interesting look, and that's what a lot of people, they look at their schedules in the whole and, and say, well, this, this, but y'all's point about where these games are in the bye weeks. I'm not sure I like two bye weeks. Um, it makes the state, this schedule really drag out, but Taylor – Where's the hiccup or the bad part in here? Yeah, and just a quick note on uh, James Madison. I, th I think North Carolina is, is catching James Madison at the right time where uh, their coach leaves for Indiana. Their their star quarterback, Jordan McLeod, who threw for 35 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, is in the portal. Uh, I, I would be more worried about this game if it was last year. But I, I think when I'm looking at the schedule, the, the one part that I miss about the schedule – I feel like uh, an old man about to go on a rant, but I, I miss seeing the the Miamis. I miss seeing the Virginia Tech. So, so I'm looking at this schedule uh, selfishly from from a fan perspective, and and those those rivalries that Carolina has kind of built. Now, you still have the the Duke game and Virginia and NC State, but uh, I, I do miss. And it's now this is what two years that Carolina hasn't played uh, Virginia Tech, taking a year off in, in the Miami series. Uh, and, and also selfishly, Greg kind of hinted at it with Boston College. I'm looking at the schedule in terms of what games I would want to go to and I wouldn't want to go to. I don't want to go to to Boston in, in late November. I'm a cold football, not really my cup of tea. Uh, so so for me, I, I wouldn't be really looking forward to that Boston College trip. Taylor, just wait until 2025 when you get to watch Carolina play Stanford and at California as ACC games. I can't wait. Noted, noted <laughs> ACC football powers, Stanford and California. Uh, and I'm, I am surprised, Taylor, to hear you say that you'd like another FB, uh, FCS team on this on the North Carolina schedule, but I, I do understand a little bit. <laughs> the uh, When you look at it, and Buck, I'll get you back in here, talking about from a fan perspective, Buck, um, uh uh, well, the, the, the early start, can you guys hear me any better now? Is that yeah. better? Um, the, uh, from a fan perspective, the start of the season is brutal. Um, you know, it's going to be hot and you're going to be watching NC central, um, and Keenan stadium. Uh, that is not a recipe for, you know, a raucous crowd. Uh, inside of Keenan Stadium. Um, 
So I think North Carolina is going to have to sort of get through the early part of their schedule um, on their own steam, which shouldn't be that hard. But still, um, it's, it's not going to – even if they went 4-0 and to start the season, I'm, I'm not sure anybody would get hyped up about that. You know what's, you know what's worse than going 4-0, and though, Buck? Going 0-4? Going two and, and two or yeah, three and one even. Yeah, any losses. Yeah. So you'll take that yeah. having to go four and zero on your own steam against teams that you can actually that you feel comfortable that you've you've got a good chance to beat. I also am pretty nervous about that JMU game, and you know Minnesota I think is a team that can beat you. I mean they're going to be physical on the line of scrimmage. So you know it's no it's no guarantee that you're going to go four and zero in those in those games, but. You know, you go four and zero in those games, and you feel pretty darn good going into into the month of November, or I mean, into the month of of October. That is, uh, with that final game of September with the Duke game, and that's a Duke game, uh, Duke program again, re- replacing an awful lot. So, you know, and and against a a, a a head coach that Mac Brown is very familiar with. So, uh, you know, you feel pretty good about that, and I. This year, I, I I really saw the value more than ever of having schedules that start out with some runway for teams to 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 get better and for teams to be able to manage the load of some of their best players and all of that. You want you know you want team you want your schedule to be a little easier up front and you know more difficult on the back end. I think uh, if possible, you know that just because that that. When you when you have your tough games up front and you get banged up, it can you can be kind of really trying to tread water the rest of the season, and that can be pretty hard. Yeah, but let me say this too: the last couple of years, we know what's happened with, with North Carolina, right? Um, two of the years, you lose four of the last five against FBS opponents, and then last year, you lose four straight after a nine and one start. Talking about twenty twenty two. Um, and as, as Mac has pointed out, well, part of that is because your schedule is a little bit tougher on the back end. Yeah, but the reason it's tougher on the back end is because you have a start like Carolina's going to have next year. So I think fans just need to be aware of that when you go into the season and Carolina gets out to maybe a 4-0 and or 5-0 and start, and everybody's saying, uh-oh, this team's really good. Uh, is this a team that can really challenge for the ACC? If history has taught us anything, it's that pump the brakes a little bit, Let's see how they do once they get into the heart of ACC play and maybe kind of calm down on the ACC title game talk until we get into November against some of these uh, better opponents. When I look at the schedule, though, and Greg, you talk about getting in the heart of the ACC schedule, and who knows what teams are going to look like come August, which, you know, y'all mentioned JMU. They've lost a ton. Who knows what Duke's going to look like. Um I'm going to show up just to see Manny Diaz on the sidelines wearing Duke stuff. That's just bizarre to me. Minnesota, <laughs> you know, has lost their quarterback, but he wasn't very good, and, and it's up there. Um, Greg, what is the heart of the ACC schedule with this? I mean, to Taylor's point, it just doesn't look like anything we've seen before. I mean, Georgia Tech's an albatross that Carolina's worn every, every year, it seems. Pitt is Pitt. But nothing on here looks like, oh, that's going to be a tough stretch there. That That is a real tough stretch. I mean, at Virginia, at Florida State, is that it? 
I really think after the first six games, and we can dive into it more, but there's a couple of games there that'll be tricky. Um, but once you get into the, the back half of the schedule, I mean, Georgia Tech, I think it's going to be pretty good next year. Yep. They're good enough. And to Pitt's going to be dangerous, too. Um, but, you know, at Virginia, that's not a place where Carolina's had a ton of success, even though Virginia, you know, they weren't any good last year, but they were good and enough they still to beat won. Carolina. Right. Yep. At Florida State, uh, speaks for itself. Who knows what Wake's going to look like in November? Um, if they can, you know, shore up quarterback play a little bit, uh, they'll at least be competitive. And then at BC in November, that's going to be tough. I mean, BC played Florida State competitively last year. Um, Castellanos, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he's a good quarterback. He's got to improve his accuracy, but he's a playmaker. And they return a lot offensively. And so if, if Halfley can get the, the defense turned around a little bit, that could be a competitive game. And then, of course, we know NC State should be pretty good this year. So uh, I think there are some, some competitive games for North Carolina in the second half. Uh, you know, this, is, this is not the North Carolina team from last year. And I think everybody needs to understand, yes, Max Johnson's a solid quarterback. He's not Drake May. And when you lose a lot of guys you know, on the offensive line, you lose some guys at wide receiver, um, this, this is going to take a little bit of time to kind of come together. And so I, this team may not be as good as what Carolina had on the field last year. Uh, and other teams are going to get better. So I, I just think once you get – really once you get into that Georgia Tech game, Things kind of toughen up in the ACC slate. Vip, is it possible for North Carolina? This is an interesting question. We've always talked about how teams may be better, but the record's not as good. Is it possible for North Carolina to not be as good as they were last year, but have a better record given this schedule? Yeah, I think so. But I, I think when when I look at the schedule and and you're trying to project and how how good this Carolina team is and um, what games. They, they should win or they shouldn't win. I think what we, we saw last year is outside of the Charlotte game and the Central game, like this this North Carolina team has kind of lost the ability to be like, oh, this is this is a win, like 100% certainty. Put this put this game in the win column when, when you're losing as a 24-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, you, you can't just look at the schedule and be like, at Virginia is a win or – Georgia Tech's a win, which which I think we have done in the past, or at least I have done in the in the past when uh, I'm looking at the schedule. Uh, so so really, every every game like like Greg kind of said has has the the chance to to be a win. It has a chance to be a loss. And 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 to build on that, I would say that there are only two games on the schedule right now that I'm looking at for North Carolina where I would say Carolina is a clear underdog going into the season. Two. But aren't there two games that North Carolina is the clear favorite as well? There are two games where Carolina is a definite favorite. The problem, though, and this is something that, Greg, how many times have we talked about this on on this podcast over the years, about if you want to be a team that's winning double-digit games in the season, you need to have you know six or seven or eight games on your schedule that you are just absolute clear far and away you ought to win that game your big, your big favorites. If you want to be a 10, 10, 10 win team, which is getting easier, but because they keep extending the, the, uh, the season, they keep adding games to it. But if you want to be a 10 win team, you want to go 10 and two in the regular season, right? Let's just make that the, the goal. 
if you're only a clear favorite in two games, well, I mean, yeah, you might only be a clear underdog in the other two, but that means that you got eight games where you are, you know, maybe a little more likely to win than lose. But if you're 60% in all of those, then you might go five and, you know, five and three. And so now you're, now you finish seven and five on that schedule because you won the two games you're supposed to win. You lost the two games you're supposed to lose and you went five and three in the games where they were closer to, to even. So, you know, this is where this Carolina team is going to have to take, I think a significant step forward against this schedule without Drake may to be able to, to improve on last year's schedule, because again, like a couple of you've already said, you know, we don't know what Duke's going to be. I don't think Duke's going to be as good as they were last year, but they're probably not going to be a complete pushover. They've they've had you know some traction in the transfer portal. They landed a good quarterback. Uh, Pitt is probably not going to be as bad as they were last year. Georgia Tech seems to have a pulse right now, and they may well be a team that that you know is even or better next year. Virginia beat you last year. You know, Wake Forest is 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 not probably going to be a terrible team and then Boston College like like Greg said is not a pushover with with Castellanos at quarterback. So, you know, when you look at this, is 7 and 5 a good season? I don't think so, but it's absolutely the kind of record that you that I could see against this schedule. But I also could see 10 and 2 if everything broke right. Let me talk about our sponsors Johnny T-shirt cuz Jason just went where I'm going to pin y'all down on January 24th. 2024 what are we eight months away from the schedule away from the season start johnny t-shirt sponsors of this podcast sponsors of inside carolina and great friends of inside carolina premium subscribers go check them out online or in person on east franklin street you need some cold weather gear they've got it you need some warm weather gear if you're in north carolina it's gonna be 75 degrees tomorrow they've got that too They've got anything you possibly can need, and you get 10% off if you're a premium subscriber. Check them out. National guys will pay the bills. This is a roundtable. North Carolina's 2024 schedule finally arrives. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Okay, Buck, I'm going to bring you in here. Should we do predictions already? Oh, hell no. Ooh, a little win loss. <laughs> we don't even have the, like, we don't even know who's going to be on no. roster. I'll do win losses. No. <laughs> I, uh, I so bad want That's to. That's brutal. I know, really. Yeah. It's kind of like, just shake the shake it I up. I think Tommy's on the verge of 12-0 and 0 is where he's I'm here you know. college Did I just hear football playoff. Get past Minnesota, boys. It's on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's got that right there. That's our soundbite for the show right there. Social media, that's going to be our blurb right there. Is get past Minnesota, and it's on. Yeah, Minnesota is that is the South Carolina game in 2015, and, and then you, you get that one, and it's, I can feel it, but um, given all the uncertainty, given Jeff Collins is a, is the new DC, given that we hadn't really talked about the postmortem of last year, but those scars are still there. Um, when you look at this ceiling and floor, can we do that? Can we do that fairly? Um, yeah, what needs I, I don't to think be so. I mean, I really don't think so. I, you know, they do talk about how the ESPN way too early is way too early, and it is. Uh, because, But it's even more so uh, these days because um, of the transfer portal and, you know, after the spring game, the rosters are going to change again. Uh, they may bring in people, more people from the transfer portal. Um, you know, if you go online now and try to even look for a – uh, a depth chart of, of any of these teams, you, you're going to come out scratching your head because it's not going to be clear to you who's going to be playing where. Um, so, yeah, I I would hold off on the predictions right now until we can, you know, see see what we're looking at um, and, and know kind of who's going to be where doing what. Uh, I bet you uh... – I bet you Buck will talk about predictions when he's answering this question. Ah. The answer to that one, Gene Triplehorn, would be Buck Sanders, if I'm not mistaken. Depends Greg, on how really, you do the calculation. Greg, really quick, win or loss, uh, Minnesota? <laughs> I'm going to go loss. I can, I can okay. tell you why. I'll do it, Bill. I'll do it. <laughs> We can outnumber, but I'll go win at Minnesota. I'll go. Uh... So look, they've got a they got Max Brosmer, who is a All American from New Hampshire, at quarterback, and uh, they got Darius Taylor back. They got four offensive linemen back. 
They've got uh, Darnell Jeffries, if you remember the name from Clemson. He didn't play last year. He was hurt. He's back at, at defensive tackle. I think I think Minnesota's going to be a lot better next year than they were this past year. So that's going to be a challenging opener for Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. Yep, Greg just took my my same reasoning as well. I was going to say a loss for that. Wow, I am still ticked that they moved that game to Thursday because I had my Minnesota weekend all planned out, and then they moved the game. Uh, Idyllic I'm going, climbs of Minnesota. I am well. It's also um, the Minnesota State Fair that week. And the twins are at home during the week. Um, they are not at home on the weekend. So it was set up perfectly to do the state fair, the Carolina game, and the twins game. Um, people in the chat have not forgotten my prediction of a couple years ago. Vip, what's your floor? <laughs> no, no, go ahead, Vip. Tell us your record right here. We're putting you on, on, uh, on record uh, and on blast. Let me see. One, two, three, four. Uh, seven, six, seven and five, I, I think would be my floor. I, I think there's just, there's uh, too many games that you would expect Carolina to win, even though this team and this program has kind of shown that no game is a certainty. But when you, when you have the, the Charlottes and the North Carolina Centrals, those kind of start stacking up pretty quickly. And the the home schedule um, isn't isn't too daunting where I, I think that's a, a huge determining factor on on who wins a lot of these these college games. So I would I would have my floor somewhere between six and seven and then ceiling. I, I don't even know how to pro- project the ceiling. Well, you, you pick a number from I'll from, give you a ceiling. Well, from, I think well, I, I think the ceiling. I think the ceiling is ten wins. You mentioned earlier not favored in two games. Clearly, at Florida State will be a not favored game. What's the other one you see here? NC State. You agree with that, and, Greg? And I know, I know. Look, there's some folks that are going to be in the chat that ain't going to be happy to hear that. But NC State killed the transfer portal this year. They did very, very well in meeting some significant needs that they had on that roster. And I think that's going to be a pretty complete and awfully physical football team. And toward the tail end of the season, until Carolina proves to me that they're ready to play football in the last month of the season, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna guess that they're they're not gonna they're not gonna be favored in that game and shouldn't be. They're gonna to have to show me that they can win in November. And you know, I think the last few years that's that's where we're at. So, you know, um, yeah, I I would say Florida State and NC State are two games where they they won't be favored and there are some real minds in there i mean i think the the minnesota game is going to be a tough game i think jmu is going to be a tough game i think boston college is going to be a tough game you know we don't know who all the teams who's going to be on all these teams but i see several teams where even if they did you know they caught let's say they catch florida state in that trap spot and they beat at florida state who they're you know gonna be underdogs against most likely Okay, you get that one, but am I convinced that that means that they'd go eleven and one and beat everybody else? I'm, I just don't think that's a realistic ceiling for this team. You know, it's not Sam Howell or Drake May there, and they still have some things that they need to prove have been fully shored up in terms of defense and on the roster and first year under coordinator. So, you know, I think ten and two is your ceiling. I think somewhere around you know five and seven or six and six is your floor. 
depending on injuries and other things. I think it's very a, a very unlikely that they would go worse than six and six, but I don't see the kind of depth across the board on the line of scrimmage and in the program that says that they could absorb a you know twenty what twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen level uh, uh, rash of injuries and you know come out of that you know nine and nine and three or something like that. So I, I think there is some potential downside against this schedule. And but, Tommy, to, let me just say this real quick. Buck mentioned about not having an idea about what these schedules or these rosters are going to look like. JMU got gutted in the portal because Kurt Signetti left. But then they bring in Bob Chesney, who has won 29 games the last three years at Holy Cross. So he's a young up-and-comer. But he's able to convince some guys to come out of the portal. He lands some you know, decent names in the portal. And then he got uh, Dylan Morris, who was the starter at Washington two years ago before Michael Penix showed up. And he threw for 2,500 yards for for uh, Washington a couple years ago. And I think he was all, uh, all honorable mention Pac-12 the year before that. So, yeah, they lost McLeod, but they may have a, a decent quarterback and then they've got some solid pieces around him. So, who knows what James Madison is going to look like? Um, you, Signetti did a good job. Um, Houston did a good job before that. That sounds problematic. But I think uh, I think JMU's a team that could be a lot better than some people are thinking they may be. So who, who's uh, who's Siri was talking there? Uh, I don't have a, I don't have a garden. Yeah. It's- <laughs> Not, but yeah. but talk some sense to these people, James Madison. Seriously, I'm, I'm giving you. Well, the floor, I'm kind of I'm kind of with them. I'm kind of with them on the James Madison thing. Uh, you know that's that's the kind of game that North Carolina is just always poised to lose. Uh, you know, like Appalachian State coming in, and you know, just it's their kind of the their big game of the of the year. Um, and they show up and they play with their hair on fire. You know, that that's a scenario of a game that North Carolina is, has lost in the past. So I wouldn't put it past them. Um, hopefully that won't be the case, but uh, I don't think anybody can make any, give anybody any assurances at this point. It's, I just don't think it's possible. Um, we'll see how it all goes. Uh, lost a AirPod now. Um, so at any rate, I'm having, uh, equipment problems here at the Sanders household. And, uh, apparently there's motion in my garden as well. So, (laughs) uh, you know, the first thing they do when they, uh, when they come to, to do the whole home invasion from what I've seen in the movies is they usually cut the, the wires or whatever. So it sounds like maybe those technical problems might be a harbinger and then cut through the garden is how they get you. (laughs) Yeah. They've come right through that garden. I don't know. You better make sure your windows are locked or whatever. How does your garden grow? Let me ask y'all a question. <laughs> James Madison's record in 2016 was what? 10 and 2. Well, I think they may have won a bowl no, game too. So. No, they, no, no, no. They, they, were, they were 13 and 1 or 14 and 0. 2016, yeah, yeah. they won the FCS National Championship. They were 14 and 1. They played North Carolina in Chapel Hill and lost by 28. 
my stone cold lock is Carolina's not losing James Madison in Keenan Stadium. Okay, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> that was an FCS team. Same this. This is so James last Madison. year. Last year, JMU went into Virginia and won. Virginia beat Carolina. Transitive, transitive property. Right, and then JMU did lose App State by three. But Carolina Tommy, needed you know overtime what? to beat App State. That kind of thinking, that that's the kind of thinking that gets you beat real quick. <laughs> hey, I don't play. I don't play the game, but I would not. If this program is anywhere close to where we hear they are, those games like that need to be wins comfortably. Uh, I'll give you all at Minnesota is going to be tough. I think Georgia Tech is always going to be tough until Carolina can prove they can beat them. Florida State is tough. Um, Wake Forest, you know, without Sam Hartman, I'm not sold on Wake. On Wake, NC State is going to be a tough one. And I, and I'll tell you what, I'm not going anywhere near Boston College in November, November 23rd. That's going to be an interesting game. I think the floor is six. I think the ceiling's ten. But let me ask you this, and, and I'm going to ask all of you this. I, and I know they're FBS now, Greg. I, I know they've moved up a rank, but it's it's still James Madison. Uh-huh. Um, and I know some James Madison people, which is part of the and, reason why you know, I'm digging. And it's still App State, right? I mean, App State was FCS not that long ago. So, I mean, come on. It's, it's live radio. What? Okay, Taylor, you were you very opinionated and mostly right last year post games and and on your commentary sitting here on january 24th what does 2024 need to look like for north carolina to ditch the narrative that they're a declining program i think beating beating state would go a long way i think not crumbling at the at the end of a season where carolina finishes one and four almost every season against power five teams would would go a long way um yeah, I think those those two not crumbling at the end of the season and then showing that you, you can beat State. But Beating State is it. Yeah. But what's your well, thought? Uh, well, here's a thought I've had in my head all day uh, and uh, for tonight. But, you know, you may get your wish about uh, the backup quarterback being the most favorite player on the, your favorite player on the team this year because Max Johnson has got a knack of getting hurt. Um, so – uh, you can you can uh, start picking out your number two right now and and finding out how you feel about the reserve quarterback. That's always your favorite player. Um, but you know that's so much about and we've talked about this plenty of times and we'll talk continue to talk about it until we die. Is that at this point there's probably thirty five percent of every team that's going to start the year that's not going to finish the year, right? I mean, injuries are part of the game now. And what what is uh, NC State going to look like if uh, the their quarterback goes down? Grayson McCall. Uh, right. Looking awful I mean, lot like how, they did how, last year, probably. You know, how, but how is, how is that going to work next year? Ryan um, Finley's not walking through that door. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't know. I mean, we just don't know. Ryan Finley? And um, the injuries are such a big part of the game. And, you know, Max Johnson's got me a little nervous because he, he's only finished, played one season. 
uh, from beginning to end, I think. Yeah, and he got dinged up in that season too. He's he's not played a fully healthy season yet. That was that was the one thing that I, if you remember, I I talked about on the when when we first talked about him, him coming on board is he's going to have to finish a season and behind the way that Carolina's pass blocked the last couple of years, last four or five years, that's a, that might be challenging for him. Could be a yep. little challenging, I suppose. Uh, so and there are other things that we still don't know. Uh, the North Carolina's offensive line is a complete, as as um, porous as they've been against sacks in recent years, they don't have nearly as much experience on this offensive line as they've had the last two years. Uh, so how is that going to play out? And I think probably, for me, the wild card for this North Carolina season is how does defense – respond to Jeff Collins. That's going to be that's going to be the key for me. If if they go out and they play Minnesota who um, Greg Barnes has got a figure to be St. Louis greatest show on turf um, and and they do a pretty good job against them, then maybe we'll start thinking about things differently right out of the gate. Um, I think that's a big factor, a big, big unknown factor. Is the defense going to respond the, the way Jeff Collins' defenses have responded in the past? And what's that going to look like? And how is that going to help? Um, I think they've got some real pieces on offense that, um, you know, are, is going to help, like Maureen Hampton, for example, number one. Uh, I've heard of know, him. They're going to – they're going to have a, a, a good tight end room again. I guess Nesbitt and Copenhagen are both back, and they add Jake Johnson. I can see them doing a lot of one-two packages next year. Yeah, Jake's the um, best of those three, by the way. And and the other two aren't slack. No, you know? those are those are good players, as you can remember from you know last couple of years. They're, they've been good players, and I've graded them as such in the scouting reports, but just a little – little hint about what's coming in my scouting report of Max Johnson. He's better than both of them. Jake Johnson, the brother. Or Jake Johnson. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, Jake's yeah. better than both of them. And, you know, I, I think they've got some um, they've got some hope at the wide receiver spot. I mean, we know that J.J. Jones is pretty solid. Uh, Kobe Pessoa comes back uh, reasonably healthy. That's, that's going to be another weapon on the wide receiver core. Um, you know, they've got some skill players uh, and the tight end room, and we'll see how that all comes together. But the key is going to be they're not going to be the offense that they've had the last five years. This is not going to be that offense. So the, for them to get to, um, you know, to have that kind of record that is better than last year's, even if they're not as good a team, which would mean nine and three, then the defense is going to have to justify the faith that uh, Mac Brown has in Jeff Collins. If Collins can get the job done there, and there's some good pieces on defense too. Uh, so uh, that's the wild card in my opinion. We're not really going to know much about this Carolina team and what its potential is until we see how the defense responds on the field. A quick point about Carolina finishing this schedule and, and not crumbling the way that they have the the past couple of years. I don't know how many people have watched Boston College play, uh, but but I think Jeff Hapley has kind of got it figured out where if you don't have a good quarterback in college, get a fast quarterback. 
And Cassianos <laughs> is 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 one of the fastest quarterbacks and and can be that quarterback that beats Carolina with his legs. Yeah, he is lightning in a bottle. Uh, you know, that that uh that that guy caused headaches for a lot of, a lot of teams yeah. last year. Well, Jason, I'm gonna let you go, and then I'm gonna kick it to Greg to wrap it up. I, I'm dusting off my Mike Thomas jersey. Um, of course, Thomas wore 15 at Carolina, and uh, but speaking of fast, I mean Connor Harrell is is lightning fast. He just can't get dinged up um, because the wheels um, run flat when you twist an ankle, and we saw that happen in the bowl game. Jason, sort of wrap us up. What's Carolina need to do to show progress or, or to keep? the narrative that the program is in decline off um, out of Chapel Hill for 2024. Got to win all your in-state games. Beat Duke. Charlotte, Charlotte Beat. Central, Duke, Wake State. Sar- yeah, Charlotte Central, Duke, Wake, and State. You win those those games, and I think you've taken care of business. I mean, Matt Brown has, from the time he took this job the first time, and then the time he took this job – at the beginning of Mac Brown 2.0, what did he emphasize? Being the premier team in the state of North Carolina, right? How many times have we heard him emphasize that? You can't be the premier team in North in the state of North Carolina and not be able to beat your biggest rival, right? You can't lose to NC State year in, year out and be the, the premier team. That right there is why, if, if you go back two years ago, and they beat NC State instead of giving up that late play, and you know the the whole onside, the whole debacle there. They 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 dominated most of that game. They they win that game. The entire narrative around the North Carolina program is different for the rest of the offseason going into last year. It's your last game. It's against your biggest in-state rival. You got to win that game. And you can't lose to Duke, and you can't lose to Wake Forest, and you can't lose obviously to the other two. Win your in-state games, and you've shown, and and the narrative around the program being a program in decline changes. I agree with that. One way, if you're a small business or medium-sized business, you can win the state is get on board with Congruity HR. You see their logo all over our screen here. Congruity, the newest sponsor, we've been with Congruity for six months now, and they are strong in the field of HR and payroll outsourcing. Go to congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels. Get a free assessment for your small to mid-sized business. They'll grow you from a national from a local business to a national business. They did it themselves. They can do it for you with technology, customer service, Darren and Matt and all those guys. And like I said, if 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 they are a sponsor of Inside Carolina, then we as Inside Carolina watchers and listeners need to take care of them and go check them out. Greg, I'm going to let you sort of close this out. Buck says there's a ton we don't know, but there's a ton we do know, and that is that the schedule is what it is at this point. Um, Not going to do predictions. Not going to do any more of that. Won't Greg Barnes, the hardcore, what this program needs to do to change the narrative in 2024? Well, look, I think this is really an opportunity for for North Carolina to kind of reestablish itself, uh, first within the the fan base, but then on a – kind of regional and national scale. Uh, in April, Drake May is probably going to go top five in the NFL draft. And what people are going to be talking about is, wait a minute, they won nine games and then eight games with a top five draft pick. 
you know, what's going to happen to the program moving forward. And I think Mac Brown did some good things this offseason, both in the portal as well as bringing in Jeff Collins. I think that's a – the more I think about it, the more I like that hire. Uh, the fact that, that Jeff has been a head coach. He's, his resume as a defense coordinator is fantastic. I think that has potential, as, as already has been laid out tonight. Um, I agree with Jason about winning the, the state. But when you look at what this program is going to be going into the season, you know, when everybody's at ACC kickoff in Charlotte, what's the conversation going to be about? It's going to be about Florida State uh, and all their heartache from this past year and trying to get back and trying to win the ACC again. It's going to be about Clemson winning five straight at the end of the year to get to nine and four, you know, everything they've got coming back. It's going to be about Miami signing another top 10 class, bringing in Cam Ward at quarterback. Can they finally take a step forward? It's going to be about SMU, uh, which had a fantastic year last year, did a really good job in the portal uh, and Preston Stone's coming back. And he's a kid who is like a dark horse Heisman candidate uh, at quarterback. He's a fantastic player. And then you've got Louisville and what Brahms doing with the transfer portal is amazing. I mean, he's just completely replacing his roster seemingly every year in the portal. And with legit players, right? They, they killed the portal this year. Yeah. And so quarterback's a little bit of an issue for them, but beyond that, that's going to be a very solid team. That's a bunch of teams that are going to be in the conversation to get to the ACC championship game. North Carolina will not be in that mix. So what that means is that Carolina can operate kind of below the headlines, if you will. And they're not going to have Drake May. They're not going to have Sam Howe to get all the attention. So, yeah, well, they just rely on their quarterback. That will not be the case. So that sets this opportunity for Mac Brown and his coaching staff to really perform at a team level and win, win games as a team. And I don't know that we've really seen that out of North Carolina other than maybe 2020 when they went to the Orange Bowl. Um, and if you can succeed in that regard and you can have a an offense and a defense that really plays well off of one another, even if neither one's elite, you can win a lot of games and you can be competitive. And I think that's what we need to see. Uh, and then as you get late in the year, I mean, look at Clemson. Clemson was considered a dumpster fire by some people midway through the season last year. Dabo turned it around. They won five straight in the year. It got to nine and four. And nobody's talking about them being a disappointment. So all these things kind of come together where if North Carolina can work together as a team, really showcase what they've put together, both through recruiting uh, the high school ranks and the portal. They have a pretty good coaching staff in place. Now you've got good depth. This is going to be what year six of Mac Brown. There's the opportunity for this team to, to be better as an overall unit. Um, you have to make that happen. It's not going to be easy because you can't just lean on Drake May to win games for you. But I think the path is there for this team to kind of really grind behind the scenes and put a product on the field that while they may not make the ACC championship game this fall, the fans can say, wait a minute, like this team, yeah, they, they may have only won eight games. They looked really good. This looks like a team that has potential next year to take a step forward. And I think more than anything, that's what the fan base needs to see. And that's what regional reporters and even national guys need to be able to see 
to wonder if this Mac Brown project is going to work as, as he works into his 70s. I'm going to leave it as is, folks. It's Greg Barnes speaking the narrative of North Carolina season and what needs to happen. Shout out to Taylor Vipolis. Shout out to Buck Sanders, as always. The president joining us is always awesome. Jason Staples, Greg Barnes, a lot of content coming from inside Carolina. Of course, we, we will do some sort of post-mortem pre-spring podcast with this group as we get closer to spring practice. Jason's got his breakdowns, his scouting reports, portal guys, newcomers, um, and always you'll get the weekly content from the beat staff and Joey and the coast crew and all those folks. Johnny T-shirt congruity, your jobs to support them. Hit the like button, subscribe, all that good stuff. Whatever you do, just stay stay tuned to Inside Carolina as much as possible. Thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. New CBS Monday. Federal agents. Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violin Island, you got it. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. 